Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast, where the Three Rivers boys, Zach, Jake, and me, Steve, Jake's out this week. In this episode, we will continue our Wave Kings overview with chapters 7 and 8, both Shalon chapters. Enjoy. All right, so the next chapter is a Shalon chapter, chapter 7, Anything Reasonable. Yeah, so here we switch back to Shalon, and basically no time has passed since the last time we saw her. She's just kind of doubled down on her drive to get the soul caster and she kind of like runs over the situation again in her head you know this is the only thing that's keeping house Tavar from poverty and now it's broken her house is in serious debt to some bad people so she needs to pull this job off or else they're totally screwed yeah and when I was reading these Shalon chapters, I was really enjoying these because it's like she has so much drive to yeah. succeed. That it's just like this mission that she she refuses to give up on, even though Yasna was kind of a dick to her. Shalon's like a really good character for me, dude. Especially like the whole uh, scholarly thing. Like I think I was in college maybe when I read this for the first time. Or no, I wasn't. But, like, as, as a somebody who studied science in college, like, I can kind of relate to this whole, like, deal that her and Yasna have going down. This reminds me of a lot of relationships that I had with, like, professors and stuff. And I feel this like I would read. Where, sorry, I cut you off there. Um, well, yeah, she's, you know, she's never been in a relationship like this because all of her tutors and things like that kind of, you know, we're always trying to get her to like shut up. And at this point, it's more of a, a work balance relationship. I mean, well, she hasn't got it yet, right? So I she, think she's mostly she self taught. Yeah. I mean, she was given a library and, oh, remember they would quit. Yeah. Uh, all of her tutors would quit because her father was such an asshole. Um, Thanks, Daddy Devar. Yeah, well, he got his. <laughs> uh, so she sits down at this table and she's writing a letter and kind of goes through all of these different like logic problems so that she doesn't sound inappropriate to Yasna. Like she wants to really sound good. And then she also, this is where she draws uh, Yasna. I think she does the, a bunch of drawings here because she's just trying to like clear her mind and that's like drawing is what she does. I think she does like one of the city and one of Yalb and one of Yasna doing the soul casting. Mm-hmm. Which that comes up later as being important. The one of Yasna? Yes, uh, with the smoke rock. All right, so uh, yeah, once she has her mind cleared, she starts to compose this letter that she's writing to convince Yasna that she is the girl for the job. Yeah, and um, we don't have any readings pulled up for this one, but she she goes through. I don't know if we ever actually read like the the actual content of the letter. Yeah, but I I was just gonna say like what her I forget what the logic she was trying to go for because she was trying not to sound needy. She was trying not to sound like oh I'm a poor person who needs help. 
Um, yeah, you know, she was she went she went through this thoroughly to come up with a good uh, excuse or defense for herself. Well, she she wanted to write a letter because she knew that Yasna would be impressed by like a written argument and. It shows like her ability to. This is like an essay, basically. So she's like, "Oh, I can get graded on this kind of." Yeah, and <laughs> isn't her handwriting really good? And then she also might might yeah. be doing it in a certain language or a calligraphy. I can't remember, but um, it. Well, they, they, that's how they do all their writing. Is like a. It's kind of like calligraphy. I don't know if I would call it that exactly, but they're like stylized letters. And. Oh, that's right. So I was going to say that she puts the resin on the pictures, but that's not true because Brother Capsule comes up. Yeah, this is where we first meet our young ardent man here, Brother Capsule. He kind of just wanders in the door. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, hi, I'm Brother Capsule. I'm here to kill. Oh, you're not (laughs) Yasna. (laughs) <laughs> see i he was okay to me in this scene but i really didn't like him when he started coming around with the bread and jam no nah. i mean he's like obviously up to something i thought he was just like doing what he was saying he was doing for a while like eventually he started to have a lot of holes in his story i think and that's when i was like hmm this guy sounds like he's making shit up right now yeah But, like, for the first while, I thought he was just putting on all the charm he could to try and, like, worm his way in and try to convert Yasna. Well, it's kind of pointed out by Shalon over and over and over again that he does not act like an ardent. Well, I mean, I've met a lot of monks that you could say that about, too. Like, for sure. I mean, I've... I, uh, Zach and I went to St. Vincent College, which is uh, a Catholic private school. And a lot of them are kind of wild boys, you know. Yeah. They're not what you would expect when you think of a monk. So I, I can see, like, if you've never actually, like, had a conversation with somebody before, how that thought would but be she has. going through your head a lot. She's met Ardens. She's royalty. Vaden Ardens, though. Uh, true. He talks about standing up on a table and dancing, I believe, in this conversation. Yeah, he's talking about when he actually went to Vaidnar and how stuffy the, the ardents in Vaidnar were. And he was like, maybe I should have got up on the table and danced a jig to really show him what was up. I think he actually threatens that a couple times, maybe. <laughs> and, you know, learning what capsule actually is throughout i get we can probably get to this later but a little speculation on my own part is we've talked a few times i think in the book that at one point the ardents tried to take over there was a war and yeah like a religious thing yeah and to me i i think that's still going on in like a cold war type situation like they're planning and scheming and and trying to do things a little quieter instead of very forceful like the other war was. Um, I, I wonder if they've triggered some things and that's why some some of these events are happening. Um, but we'll find out. Ooh, that's a good, good theory. 
I had some of those thoughts when I read it too the first time. Like I thought that was probably part of Capsule's motivation in trying to turn Yasna to their side because she's such a formidable and famous scholar that if they could convert her, then they'd go a long way in converting a lot of the other nobles and getting everybody under their control. Politics. I hate politics. <laughs> I'm reading uh, Warbreaker right now. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Warbreaker. I think we could probably cover that in one episode. Yeah. So We don't need to go into this much detail for it. We can just talk about it a lot. Capsule here puts the resin on her drawing for her. Yes. So that does show that he is an Arden, right? He's practiced in the feminine arts. Uh, Probably a little bit. Yeah. Which just, I don't think men are not allowed to draw. I don't know if we've ever heard that. Um, They've, I think they're, they alluded that they typically don't, uh, that men usually only draw glyphs, but yeah. Cause remember at one point there's a contest, a drawing or a painting contest in the in the war camp and it was the ladies gotcha that's true i guess most uh artistic things are kind of considered woman mm-hmm. yeah so capsule before he leaves asked shalon to uh do a solid for him and put in a a good word with yasna so maybe she'll meet with him because he's been trying for a long time and she keeps shutting him down Yasna is like the queen of avoiding people. <laughs> she just like gets up and walks away. I guess she probably has a lot of practice. I mean, as rich and influential and powerful as she is, like I'm sure people are always trying to talk to her and she's like always on a mission. So I'm sure she has a lot of experience with being like, not right now. I don't have time for that shit. I have to go uh, return some movies. <laughs> I have to return some videotapes. Uh, so, Shalon was flirting this whole time. Yeah, there's definitely a sexual tension between her and Capsule. And she's blushing. Which I, I kind of get the impression that that's not a big deal in this world. Like, it wouldn't be, like, totally inappropriate for her to be with Narden, right? Uh, he's not allowed to be with people. Are they, like, celibate, though? Yeah. Okay. They have that conversation later where she's like, but you can't. And he's like, I could leave. That's true. Okay. I remember that now. So now we know... I never thought of this. Capsule saw the picture of Yasna using her magical powers. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder if that'll come up later. Soul caster. Mm-hmm. Which now we know she doesn't need a soul caster. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So we go right into another Shalon chapter near the flame. Well, before this, we get to jam deal. That's probably important to talk about. Yes, true, true. Yas, or sorry, Shalon agrees to put in the word that uh, he asked her for, but in exchange, she wants a lot of jam and a lot of bread. I like jam. 
I like. I, we should talk about this now. Sorry, forget about it. Why? This will come. It'll come up later. I was going to talk about the strawberries and how they're like, uh, ooh, strawberry jam. Yeah. That's the craziest shit I ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, no way. That's not strawberries, you fucking liar. All right. Uh, next is chapter eight, Near the Flame, another Shalon chapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Yasna shows up. And she's like, why are you here again? <laughs> yeah. I thought I told you to fuck off. I love the narration of Yasna. She does a really good straight tone of like, do yeah. what I say now. And this is where Yasna uh, tells her to fuck off. And Shalon goes and sits in a hallway. She like kind of cries right into her hands. Yeah, she's basically just like dejected and hopeless here, I think. But Yasna sends a servant after her. And Shalon is like all stoked that maybe she's getting another chance, but it turns out she just left all her money in the room. Mm. <laughs> and we get this fun moment where like, uh, let's see, what? how does this play out? So Yasna apologizes for being mean to her and we get a good quote here. Uh, I'll do this one. It's from Yasna. You were simply showing persistence, a trait I normally encourage. Storms of light. I've often been guilty of stubbornness myself. Sometimes we find it hardest to accept in others that which we cling to ourselves. Oh, she sees herself in Shalon. Yeah, so this is a good bonding moment. It's very sweet. We see a softer side of Yasna for the first time, probably. Oh, and this is where we find out that really she was just calling her back because all of her money is in the goblet there. But Shalon decides, despite her embarrassment, to be like, what did you think of the letter? And Yasna's like, what letter? (laughs) (laughs) Eyebrow raise? What are you talking about? It was, I guess, uh, when Yasna came in, some parchment porter just, like, put a stack of books right on top of it, and Yasna never even saw it. So (laughs) she she reads it, like, right in front of Shalon, while Shalon just kind of stands there awkwardly. She's impressed by it. But she is, like, yeah, she is impressed by it. I think, uh... This was a good calculated decision here by our girl Shalon, and she made the right move. Paid off. And like you said, it shows off her writing skills, not just what she wrote as reasoning for her to be the ward, but hey, look, I can actually write. Because that's a big part of their job is like writing treatises and essays and things like that as scholars in this world. And so Yasna we actually get to read like a book that Yasna read like later in the series or wrote later in the series. It's kind of interesting. Is it a novella or <laughs> just like excerpts from it? Like in the, I won't, be, it's hard to explain how it ties in, but you get to see some of the scholarly work that these girls are doing. And it's kind of interesting to see the like scholarly prose that they do. Nice. 
So Yasna offers her a second chance, which is kind of a bullshit second chance. <laughs> She's like, go study for years and then come back. I like this scene here where she asked to see Shalon's, uh, like, what does she call it? Her portfolio or her briefcase or whatever. And she's going through, like, looking at all the different pictures and stuff. And she pulls out the, like, money purse and it's, like, totally empty. And she, like, takes a moment and looks at the goblet. And she's like, you're broke as fuck, kid. <laughs> this is all your money here. <laughs> written up very so, Shalon is once again very sad because her plan isn't going to work out she got so close it's probably even like worse to get this close and then finally get dejected well she hasn't really been dejected I mean it seems like Yasna is actually going to take her on at this point but that doesn't really help her because her real goal is not to become Yasna's ward it's to steal that soulcaster ASAP yeah, so it would. I, I think she speculates how long it would take her to study all of these things, but she says like probably like six months to a year. Um, yeah, longer than she has to get her family out of debt. Yeah, dad's dead. Older brother is missing. the The brother who's missing is the gambler. Oh, that's a good question. I can't. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Helleran is the one that's missing. I don't think that's the one that's the gambler. Okay. No. I'm sure it's not. Uh, out of money, everybody wants to kill them, even their allies. Uh, so we have a quote here. She raised her free hand to her head, suddenly overwhelmed by the weight of House Devar's situation, her part in it, and the secret she now carried, hidden ten heartbeats away. Oh, I missed that. The first time. So this is the, the ten heartbeats. Yeah, this is the first time they allude to the sword. Yeah, so this is a major hint that Shalon has a shard blade somehow. Uh, we don't know how or why. We can assume it has something to do with her family's mysterious past. Well, I mean, now this just reaffirms my guess. So I thought the only time that this was alluded to was whenever. She felt she had to summon it when the, I don't know what kind of spren they are, but the ones that are there to take her to the other dimension world. She, she says like she put out her hand and she was like 10 heartbeats. And that's when I was like, oh, she has a shard blade. I, didn't, I don't think the heartbeats thing has been talked about yet in this book. So it, it would be hard for you to catch this at this moment. Um, but she says, in yeah, this, this is before you get any like, uh, Dalinar or Adolin POVs, like the shard bearers. Yeah. And she says the secret she now carried hidden 10 heartbeats away. So she must've killed her father and taken it. That must be where it came from, but we'll, we'll find out. But that, that seems the most likely thing to me is that she stole it from her father. I will agree that that does seem like the most likely thing here. I won't confirm it, though. That is a good assumption to make. Man, I, I, I really hope they explain that, or, or like why her dad needed to die, because, I mean, we know he's a piece of shit, or was, so. It's kind of a slow drip. Uh, 
I don't even want to say that we know everything by now with the fourth book, but I think we know most of it. Cool. <laughs> and so we get our uh, lovable Baldoman. I mean, y'all. <laughs> Gambling. What a mensch. He's stuck by the whole time. That's It's been like a whole day, like 10 hours or something, right? Since he dropped her off. Yeah, there. it's been a really long time. I think he just knows you have to stay close to people with plot armor, you know? <laughs> I think he might also be looking for a little something-something, you know? There's a lot of flirting going on between these two. Oh, I didn't catch that his age was even anywhere near. Um, no, she, he, she, he's a pretty young guy. Oh, okay. I think he's a little bit older than Shalon, but not like, he's like mid-20s or something, I, would, I think. Oh, I see. I think that the voice kind of just makes it seem like he's older to me. Yeah. Because she's always talking about him with his shirt off and like drawing pictures of him, you know? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And this is where we find out he's he's crafty. Yeah, he's uh, these sailors, man. They're uh, very worldly people. They know what's going on and how to take advantage of things. And Yalb knows that she's crafty, too. I mean, she spent some time on the boat, and there's yeah. this relationship of her being kind of a smart mouth, uh, witty, and royalty. They know she's royalty. Uh, I don't think she's royalty. She's noble, but not royalty. Her dad was a king. No, he's just a lord. Oh, I'm, I thought he was a king. Blah, blah. He has like an estate and a manor and like lands and stuff, but he's not like a king. Oh, okay. Just a high lord. Yeah. Or he did. He's dead now. Yes. GED. You know, worm food. So Yalba's been hanging out in front of the library this whole time. What do they call it? The Palinam? Yeah. Uh, and he's been gambling with like the city guards and taking like all their money and cheating. And he's like, it wasn't really a card game. It was a game of like me cheating and them knowing I'm cheating, but not being able to figure out how I'm cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Did he explain how he was cheating? I don't think so. He's like, it's a good thing you came along when you did because they were just about to like put me in chains. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go off. Off I go. So, Yelp's very likable. He's kind of talking to her and saying, like, you know, that's not very you to give up, you know? Yeah, he's like, fight tooth and nail, man. And Shalon comes up with an idea that she's going to actually do some of the studying, which is nuts. I was a cram session. We've all done that when there's a final coming up. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, and you haven't studied it all yet. And you're like, I need to learn six months of information (laughs) in one night. (laughs) Hey, it works. When you got to pass a test, cramming works. It does. Yeah. I, you know, growing up, they were always like, that shit doesn't work. I'm like, my test scores beg to differ. I mean, it it helps you pass the test, but then you forget everything like a week later. Yeah. It's definitely better to like learn it as you go. 
But she doesn't need to actually learn anything. She just needs to impress Yasna. Mm-hmm. Very clever. So they walk together to a market area and Yalb asks what she needs. She needs books. So he just kind of disappears uh, for a little while and then comes back to her and tells her which store to go to. And it's important to note that he doesn't really explain much of where he went or what he did. He just tells her, he's like, you need to go to this bookstore. This is the one that I heard is like good. I think that's what he says. He's like, he's like, this is the one that I heard's the best. Yeah, and he also picks a Thalen bookshop because he's a he's from Thalen. Uh, he's a Thalen sailor, and he feels like he knows how his people operate, and he can probably get a better deal from a Thalen person because, you know, he just understands how to play them better. I think. <laughs> yeah, and he does play them. So she goes. Yeah, this is a really this is a straight up comedy routine, I think, and I I really enjoyed this scene. Like the first time I read it, I I think this is what made me really like Shalon the most. Uh, I was just like, wow, this is clever. She's quick. Um, this is fun, and there's some things thrown in with the books that she gets. That's very like world building, and kind of they just give you a little piece, but you know it's going to be coming up. I should have got a quote out of this like conversation here that we could read. There's it was hard to pick one that I didn't so. There's the part where she just like verbally harasses the uh book merchant. He's like, would you like a nice romance novel, young lady? And she's like, Get the fuck out of here. I need science books. <laughs> Yeah, so if she's being sarcastic at one point, he's like, I think you strained the sarcasm, my lady. And she's like, I thought I ran into it, screaming my head off and waving my arms. Nice. <laughs> uh, give me one second. Maybe I can pull something up here. So the reading I was going to do is less about her interaction and more about a world building thing. Okay, go for it. All right, so she's talking with this book salesman and he's offering her the merchant returns and has some history books for her for history we have two choices the merchant said condescension and friendliness gone times and passage by Renkult in a single volume survey of Rasharn history since the hierocracy his wife held up a red cloth bound volume I told my wife that you would be likely be insulted by such a shallow option but she insisted Thank you, Shalon said. I'm not insulted, but I do require something more detailed. Then perhaps Eternathus will serve you, he said, as his wife held up a blue-gray set of four volumes. It is a philosophical work which examines the same time period by focusing only on the interactions of the five foreign kingdoms. As you can see, the treatment is exhaustive. The four volumes were thick. The five foreign kingdoms? She thought there were four. Jacaved, Althkar, Cabranth, and Natan United by religion, they had been strong allies during the years following the recreants. What was the fifth kingdom? And she takes them all. She takes all these books. And nice. I think that's the last time we ever get to hear anything about these books. I mean, later 
Yasna says like, oh, I see you went and grabbed some books. Are you like, did you really think that you were going to like read these today or something? Um, <laughs> but I love what Sanderson did there by putting in that like, that fifth kingdom, right? It's like, whoa, what is that? Like, what the fuck is that? I also like this Shin poet that they allude to while they're like listing off. Uh, do, do you see that name in there? Can you? Uh, let me see here. I'll pull up. I can't remember. It's fun because it uses the same naming convention that we have for Zeph's son, son of Volano. Her name is like something daughter, daughter. So that's just a fun like world building tidbit. That's apparently how the Shin name their kids. You know, you're. That would be Zach Sunson Scott, apparently. <laughs> a philosopher from distant Shin, where people live in mud and worship rocks. <laughs> so mean. I mean, that is accurate. As far as we know from Zeth's point of view, he uh, hates walking on stones. Yeah, he thinks it's like a sin. But yeah, I mean, I might, after this, go back and read some of this just so I can catch some of these names. I, I just love this about Sanderson. Just just all this detail that I get that is important. And, you know, he yeah. a little bit like Stephen King where he's probably spoiling things for us. We just don't know it. Exactly. Yeah, that happens a lot. So uh, to con- continue where this chapter is going, the they try to swindle her. They try to charge her a lot of money for these books. And yeah, like more than she has, like it's it's a ridiculous amount of money. And she does a pretty good job of being like, that's kind of insulting. And I think might talk him down a little bit, but then Yalb comes in and has like a show. (laughs) This is so great. I mean, he comes in and he's on his hands and knees to Shalon and is like, please don't buy those. My my bookstore, my lo- I think he says like my lord, like he works master or something. Yeah, he works apparently for a different bookstore, and he's like, this guy will swindle you. We'll give you money. And what he did earlier was he went to these bookstores and he figured out who were competitors, so that he could pin them against each other. Like this is so yeah. smart. It, it was so clever, and I and then the fact that Shalon picked up on it and. Just played off it like naturally, yeah. Yeah, I, it just like it really felt good. We promise. Well, my master has a lower offer than he had last time. I swear, we'll, we'll go lower. <laughs> and then he and this bookshop owner is like that filthy bastard. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and then he undercuts him again, and yeah. and the book store guy is like. Gonna throw him out. He's like, "Fuck you!" Like, how how the fuck dare you come in here and do this shit? And you know, they kind of get the vibe that this is uh, as low as things should go. <laughs> um, she takes the deal. Yeah, and then they're outside talking, and Shalon's like, "How did you know how much the books were?" He's like, "I don't know how much books are. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know anything." <laughs> I, I knew my people, and I know that he would try to rip you off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got some more of the, so the bookstore owner, the the man or the, the salesman doesn't know how to read. His wife had to pick out all the books for him. 
I think Shalon feels like he probably does know how to read, but he wouldn't like admit to it, advertise it publicly because it would put customers off. Hmm. It, to She's me, like he probably knows how to read, but he's got to put on an act like he doesn't. I I really can't think of any modern world. I guess like there are countries where like women aren't meant to do any academics. So I, I suppose it's like yeah. that. It's just kind of a flip flip gender norm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that is pretty understandable where men wouldn't be reading. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. This world's fucked. Yeah. Who's the girl from Afghanistan? Uh, Malala Yousafzai. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. She was the one who... Uh, the one who was attacked. Was trying to build all these women's schools and got shot in the head. And then she came back and did it anymore. Anyhow, she was like, that's not going to stop me, bitch. Yeah. I remember that they attacked her on the bus. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, that's the opposite of that is happening in... <laughs> yeah. In this world. Although I, I doubt that anybody would try to shoot a man in this world for trying to learn how to read. So maybe our world is more fucked up. Yeah, we haven't quite seen... A lot of people are scared to do things in fear of uh, more of their public appearance. Right, yeah. It's just considered, like, not cool. And so... Shalon heads back after um, getting these books. And I believe Yalb is like, yeah, we'll stick around for a little while longer, which is hella nice of him, especially because he knows she doesn't have like any more money. <laughs> so what, it's not like well, she. Well, he knows that her family's rich. Exactly. She doesn't have money on her at the moment. That's why I feel like. It's great that she kind of has they're not pirates, but they're they're definitely, you know, rough sailors uh on her side. Yeah, I don't think they're pirates. This is just kind of like the way sailors are, I think. They're just kind of like a rough class of people. Maybe not even rough, just unpolished. They don't really give a shit for your social graces. <laughs> If you read Moby Dick, a lot of the sailors come off the same way. Hmm. So she heads back to the Palinaeum and she bribes an Arden so that she can have an alcove. She wants to be at the alcove that uh, Yasna's at, which I kind of don't buy this a Not little bit. Not the same one, but one where she can see Yasna from. Oh, so that she can see her approaching or something. Well, she just wants to be able to, like, see if she's still there or, like, if she's leaving or stuff like that, you know? This kind of reminds me of the, I forget which basketball player it was, but, you know, they don't want to leave the court first, you know? Just, they want to be the one who studies the longest. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of Shalon trying to show that, like, she's not going to quit. And then Yasna finally does come up to her and she's like, oh, my God. You are tenacious, aren't you? Yeah, she finds out right away because she she had like paid off the uh, servants to warn her if Shalon came back. She's like, 
Yeah, I gave the guys at the front desk like an extra 10 so they would warn me if you came back and I could get out of here. Oh, that was the bribe I was thinking of. Shalon doesn't have money to bribe anyone. Not very much, anyhow. And so this is where Yasna finally looks at her drawings. Like her, her best skill. But Yasna thinks the arts are kind of lame. <laughs> She does, yeah. But I think in this moment, she sees how Shalon's drawing also does like definitely help her in her like field biology. Yep. Which is her favorite subject because she goes out and sketches all these animals that she observes. Yeah, I thought we, we see more of that when she's like in a courtyard looking at bugs or spren. She's like, nobody yeah. looks at this shit. I'm looking at this shit. And if you have... We're proper Warren men, and we did the audiobooks, but if you are a woman and you get the chance to look at the physical book, there are actually, like, some of Shalon's drawings, in quotes, like, in the book of, like, uh, people in shard plate and different kinds of chull and axe hounds and things like that. So you can see some sketches that she does. Oh, nice. I need to look that up. Yeah. Pretty cool. And so uh, Yasna relents. She lets her become her ward. Yeah, she totally calls her out on her scheme. She's like, so what, your plan was to like cram all this shit in one night and then impress me tomorrow? <laughs> I guess if you're that determined, I can just take you on. And she does kind of, she says something pretty mean. She's like, yeah, you're poor. You fucking poor bitch. You want you want to hang out with me yeah. so you can find a network or something? Well, she thinks that she correctly assumes that there's more to Shalon's plan than just becoming her ward. She's like, you probably don't want it this bad just because your thirst for knowledge is so great. She assumes that she's a single lady from... Uh, poor house that's like in a little bit of trouble so she probably thinks that like Shalon is looking to get some political help from this situation maybe marry into the family there are two eligible Colin sons you know. oh true so yeah that's the end of this chapter alright thanks for listening we're gonna stop here this week and pick it up next time with chapter 9 This is the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. We are the Three Rivers Boys, Zach, Jake, and me, Steve. Please follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys. That's three spelled out. See you next week. Read more books.